Welcome to another episode of My Hope is Built On with your hosts, David and Dan Ziegler, a show about real people with real stories answering the question, what is your hope built on? May this week's episode bring you some hope. Welcome back again to another edition of My Hope is Built On. We have another special guest with us, Rachel Bowman. And uh, I was just, uh, we were just talking about this before we started the podcast, but it's probably been about 10 years now. And Rachel and I met when I was a uh, youth pastoring at a church and uh, we were looking for a winter camp spot. And she was uh, the owner of the station camp up in Mammoth, California. And so, uh, uh, Rachel, welcome with us. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give us a brief introduction about yourself and your family and everything, and uh, sure. we'll get started. Okay. Well, thanks so much for even including me in this. It's so cool. <laughs> <You're doing that. laughs> um, yeah, you know, um, I have been doing youth and young adult ministry for almost 20 years. Um, awesome. Started just as a volunteer at a church and um, yeah, then we ran the station camp for a decade um, before we had to close our doors. Yeah. And I have two kids who are actually young adults now. One is 22 and one's 24. And we live part-time in Mammoth Lakes and now part-time in Santa Barbara too. So cool. Oh, very cool. Yeah, that's a little bit about, about me so far. Yeah. Yeah. You have one that's uh looks like he's on his way to being a a, a pretty good uh snowboarder there. Uh yeah, 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 he's a train. Uh, he's a professional uh, half pipe rider on on his snowboard, Joshua. Okay. Um, and he's entering uh, Olympic season. He'll be going to Olympic qualifiers starting next wow. December. That's yeah. Wow, that's exciting! That's so exciting. Cool. Yeah, so it is exciting. Yeah, and then my daughter Sierra also competed um, at an Olympic level. She didn't get to go to the Olympics at the last one, but she did do all the Olympic qualifiers and skiing in the half pipe. So wow. she she retired recently. So okay. At the young age of 24. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, the body can only handle what the body can handle, right? Exactly. <laughs> Too fun. Uh, well, good. Well, you know, I, you know, the station camp was such a exciting time. I know for us as, as a ministry leaders, you know, to go there and be able to participate. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that you guys went through some seasons and things like that as uh, you know, as coming down and uh, in terms of closing, but uh, you know, uh, one of the things Rachel was encouraging and one of the reasons that I did is you've done some things along the lines throughout the years that I followed and you've even during some dark times, you were just really reaching out to kids to encourage them, you know, via Instagram and with some videos and things of that nature. And so um, I just always admired your heart and your passion for the kids. And, uh, and it's just, it's really exciting for what God's holding, you know, and maybe you can give us a little peek into that later as we talk about this, but uh, to get it started, we always ask our guests, you know, again, what is your hope built on? And, and, um, and where do you, what do you think when you think of hope, what, what do you think of? So if you yeah. could go ahead and just share with us a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. You know, hope is so critical to our lives and I've realized that. And I, you know, when I think about hope, it's so easy to say, oh, my hope is in God. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's more than just our hope in God. It's actually a confidence that he's actually going to come through for us. Mm-hmm. And even the darkest moments of our yeah. life. Um, and there was something that I always would share with um, our campers at the station. And I would say, you know, when you're lying in bed at night and the door of your bedroom is like just a crack open and someone turns the hall light on 
because mm-hmm. the hall is dark, but then the light turns on. You just see this little bit of light shining through the crack of the door. And it's like a glimpse of light. That's sometimes how we have to look for hope in our lives. Right. Sometimes it's just a really tiny glimpse in the midst of a dark time, but it's always there if we search for it. And so to me, yeah, it's, it's something that's just, I know is always there. And it's just this deep confidence that God has such a great hope for my future. Right. Um, and he will come through um, for my future. So, so yeah, that's what it means, means well, to me. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, so again, like like I said, you share with us some of the stories of where you've seen actually God. You know, I mean, that confidence. Well, how did you gain that confidence? Where right. you know, and how did you build from that? Sure. Yeah. You know, it's not. It does kind of take practice to search for hope, and, yeah. and honestly, it is in the deep dark moments of life sometimes where hope becomes so real. And for me. Um, when I was 23 years old, I would say that was probably the first time I had to search like just ferociously yeah. for a glimpse of hope in my life. My dad um, was diagnosed with a mental illness called paranoia schizophrenia. Oh. And he completely uh, basically flipped a switch in his brain and wasn't my dad anymore. It was as if my dad died. Mm. Um, wow. He was a very you know strong Christian man. I was raised in this strict Christian house. And the next thing I knew, my dad thought, you know, helicopters were flying around the house and people were out to get him and there was nothing there, you know, wow. it was all a hallucination. And he, it was like a major nervous breakdown, very, very terrible mental illness. Yeah. Um, in the process of a few years, my mom trying to seek help for him, she ended up leaving my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause it just was so, so hard, you know, for my mom, yeah. I, have, I have so much grace for my mom, yeah. but she did leave. And, um, and, and in a sense, I felt abandoned um, as a young adult. And in the process, I was seeking for love, you know, like we do in our early 20s, you know, dated some guy that, you know, I thought I was going to marry. He cheats on me. I just okay. hit this moment of like rock bottom in my life with no parents. My mom was just gone. I actually didn't even know exactly who it was. She was actually about to get married to someone else that I had never met. Wow. Um, Yeah. It was a really dark time in my life. And so when I hit rock bottom, um, I actually questioned whether there was even a God to be honest. Yeah. You know, my parents had told me my whole life. And I think my faith honestly was just based on what my parents told me, not on a real encounter with the Holy spirit of God. Hmm. And so I remember getting to a point of deep depression and I actually got suicidal at 23 years old and I was driving, um, down Malibu Canyon. I had this 1987 Honda civic hatchback. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very special car to me. And I'll tell you why, because as I drove down the Canyon, I actually thought about flying off the cliff. Wow. Yeah. And I was holding the wheel. And in this moment, there was just something that honestly, I know it's God now at the time I wasn't sure, but it held the wheel from turning. And I I just remember this question in my head. I kept asking myself, what if there is a God? Like, Hmm. you know, it just like kept me that question kept me from turning the wheel and going off the cliff. And it was in that moment that I gained my, one of my first glimpses of hope in a very dark time of my life. Yeah. It kept me from flying off the cliff. Hmm. And I wasn't going to church or anything at the time. I was just honestly trying to make it through each and every day, living off Taco Bell bean burritos. (laughs) 
trying to pay rent in this tiny shoebox of a room. Cause my, honestly, I had no parents financially covering me or any of that at the time. Right. Um, but God met me in my Honda Civic that day. I know he did looking back now, this is over 20, you know, five years ago. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, do you want me to go on? Cause there's a little bit. More yeah, of course. Go ahead. There's another incident in the Honda Civic, um, that came just a month or so after that time on before, you know, I, I didn't fly off the cliff. Mm-hmm. I, um, actually had dragged myself into church at one point. And I, I walked into this college group and I was like, I don't want to be here, God. I don't want to be here. I don't even know if you're real God. (laughs) I'm like, I don't want to be here. But there was just something that I knew there was peace there. And just a couple weeks before in my room, I had come to another place of just desperation and I opened the Bible and I never read Jeremiah 29, 11, where it says, Mm -hmm that God has a hope for our future plans to prosper us and not to harm us. Yeah. Wow. And I remember reading that and being surprised that my whole young life, no one had ever showed me that scripture because it showed me that God had purpose for my life. Mm -hmm. And I walked into this college group and I sat down, I was late on purpose and I just sat down in the back. And the first thing I heard the college pastor say was Jeremiah 29, 11 shows (laughs) us Wow. God has a purpose for our lives. Uh, he has a destiny and a hope for our future. And my mouth dropped because I just like, God, you're speaking <laughs> to me. I know you're speaking to me because yeah. I just did that, you know? And so I kept going back. I kept going back to that college group. And I went to this Valentine's party. And this one night, this missionary was there, young girl from Africa. And I had tons of questions. And she just sat with me, her and her friend, and answered tons of questions for me about the Holy Spirit and about God and things I always wondered. And they prayed for me. Nothing magical happened, but then I got in my Honda again and I drove through the San Fernando Valley in Southern California. Uh And I remember just holding onto the wheel and thinking, okay, maybe God's real. Maybe God's real. (laughs) And I cried out to God and I said, Lord, if you're real, I don't want to miss out on anything you have for me. And then here's where a second glimpse of hope came. It honestly was like a bucket of water just went over my head and I could feel it was like miraculous. It was like this presence of God came into my Honda and I could just feel the presence of God so tangibly in my Honda Civic. Literally, it was like a healing happening in my heart and in my life. Right. And I just started speaking, the Bible talks about speaking in tongues. And that was one of the questions I had for that missionary because I had no idea what that was. Right. And that night when it just felt like the Holy Spirit just went with the bucket of water. Yeah. Yeah. I started speaking in this language and I was like, what is this? (laughs) But I felt a, a peace that I had never felt in my life before. And God showed up in my Honda. And honestly, he proved himself real to me when he didn't wow. have to. And I could feel the awesome presence and the love. That's of awesome. And I drove around for at least an hour. And I knew at that point that there was hope for my life and for my future. Cause there was a God in heaven. It's like yeah. there was the God in heaven. It was real. And I, I just couldn't, yeah. even, you're real, you're real, you're real. And it was just miraculous. And so, yeah, those two incidences in my Honda gave me <laughs> glimpses of hope to launch me into my. Please tell me you still have this Honda. No, 
man. I know. I, know. I was just sitting here saying, I see the Honda Civic tour going on right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't uh, have Honda, but yeah, lots of great, obviously, memories of it. Yeah. So wow. those were two incidences that was a launching point to look for hope and find hope in my life. Yeah. To keep going forward, to not give up on life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You wow. know, when you were talking, one of the things that really stood out to me, um, and it, it kind of resonates with what we talk about with hope, with a lack of purpose, you feel hopeless. Right. You know, with a lack of purpose, you do feel hopeless. And, and you were at a hopeless state because you didn't feel there was a sense of purpose in your life. Right. You know, you didn't have a sense of connection anymore to what, who God was. It was there a God. Did he even exist? Did he care about me? Right. You know, any of that kind of stuff. And it, what, what I loved is the, just the, uh, the gentle alignment, if you will, or you know, what we call them a divine appointments that happen in our lives you know, where God shows up and in, in these ways. And so one of them is you reading that verse and then, then it, having it confirmed when you go to the service and hear the pastor say it. And then to cry out, and uh, and what I love about the crying out part, because I think I, I don't know how many of us cry out really to God, and hmm. if you cry out, He hears you, and yeah. and that's another thing in that hopeless state when you cry out. I don't know how many times I've heard of people that just cried out to God, and He visited them. Yeah. I mean, isn't that powerful? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And he just visits them. And, you know, again, so, you know, as I'm listening to this, I'm, I'm hoping that people are going to say, you know what? I've never just cried out to God to visit me, you know, right. and stop what you're doing and, and cry out to God. If you're at a place right now, cry out to God and he will be there for you. Well, it, we'll fast forward a little bit then. So yeah, I know you've gone through some more things in your journeys. And, and like I said, with the station camp and that, and I, you know, you, what brought you to Mammoth and even getting the station started? Yeah, totally. Um, so, you know, after I encountered that in my early 20s, um, I remember that night in my Honda, I just knew that I never wanted anybody to be desperate like I was to the point of where they didn't want to live anymore. Right. And I remember after the round, just telling the Lord, show me what to do to help people have hope for their futures. And yeah. so it was a process <laughs> of about 20 years, almost 20 years before we were able to launch the station camp. Wow. And it was also a process of me learning what it looked like to walk with God and trust him and trust that he had continuous hope in my future. Right. Yeah. But we launched it after a decade. We had volunteered at churches with working with youth. We ran a college ministry for about five years. And then, boom, I just knew in my heart, I had found peace as a teenager at a, a youth camp. Mm. And I, it was a place of refuge for me away from my home that was crazy, you know, with my dad with a mental illness yeah. that we didn't even have at that time. Um, but I knew I loved camp and I remember thinking in my early twenties while I worked at many camps that I was going to someday run a camp. Mm -hmm. And then I met my husband and we, we talked about it and he said, Oh, cool. That's great. We'll run a camp someday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> here we are 20 years later in 2008. And we had to actually count our costs because we had to walk away from a community. We sold our home. 
we had to jump into a huge leap of faith, believing that God would actually help us start this camp yeah. on a financial level to get property. And so we did. We just left in 2008. We left Simi Valley, California, and we moved to Mammoth with our two kids. We're nine and 11 at the time. Wow. And we spent nine months in Mammoth just researching and setting up the nonprofit organization. And then, you know, we just waited for God to open the door. The housing market was tanking in 2008. And, you know, it took literally nine months for us to find a place that we could actually lease. Right. So we leased property instead of buying one because we couldn't afford to buy one because our house, our house went way down in price. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so we ended up, you know, leasing this property, but we couldn't sign the lease till the house sold. But within <laughs> two weeks of negotiating a lease, we got two offers on the house. Wow. Oh, and wow. Two weeks we entered escrow, fell out of escrow, then jumped back into escrow and then it sold. And we got to actually sell and move everything to Mammoth after being there nine months with most of our stuff back in Simi Valley and God opened the door for the property. And we knew that we were called to do the station because God really wanted us to show a generation what it looked like um, to actually just grasp who he was mm, and yeah. grasp hope, the hope that he had for their lives, their futures, their future dreams that are in their right. heart too. So um, so that's like a snippet of like how we started it and why we started it too. And I, you know, my promise to God in my Honda at 23 was I would continue to do that in young <laughs> lives, bring that hope, you know, yeah. showing yeah. that it, life is worth living and that they have a purpose. So, yeah, yeah. that's so cool. And, so cool. and the impact, I can guarantee that the impact that you've had on those lives has been significant and you've been able to witness that. Yeah, yeah, because you you get the testimonies of those lives as well along the way. So that's it's so again reaffirming and and again reestablishing, if you will, of of your hope in in Christ and knowing that God is again faithful God and He comes through when we need Him the most. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it, you know, like I said, I just it, it amazes me that. Like I said, I know that when we were there, I I had several kids that, you know, just their lives were transformed and changed, you know, that their lives were reestablished. And, um, but like you said, it's a, it's a time for breakthrough as well, because a lot of kids just need a, a place to just unload, you know, and uh, and uh, and it really is a, a safe environment for kids to do that. And it was really awesome to see and experience that while we were there. So that I, again, I, I'm so thankful for that time. I really am. It, it was a, it was a good time and uh, it was, it really did work out well for our kids. Um, so you, you did the station camp. So obviously we know that some things started to change here and the leases were coming to an end and, and, um, and so talk us through a little bit about that. And then how did that kind of you know, with where you're, they get, you know, cause again, Hey God, you, you lined this up and you made it happen. Now what's happening, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, um, yeah, this is where, yeah. Hope and faith and everything gets to collide and yeah. trust in God gets to collide because we did 10 years of running this ministry slash it was a public nonprofit actually, because we reached not just ministry groups, but we actually reached public schools inner right. city organizations at risk youth, things like that. But then our 10-year lease was about to end, and we were on Forest Service land, and we found out that the property permit, I won't go into all the complications of that, yeah, yeah. 
got sold. Mm. Um, wow. As a nonprofit organization, we only had seven days, um, right of refusal. We had to come up with a cash offer. And as a nonprofit organization, we couldn't do that in seven days. Right. And so um, it ended up selling and going to a new person that said that maybe they would actually um, let us stay on the property. But a few years went by and eventually they said we couldn't stay. And wow. so then we're watching this dream and this ministry that we love so much to reach these youth slowly have to get shut down. And we're like, okay, God's going to do it. God's going to bring a breakthrough and we're going to get to stay. Like we kept believing that. Yeah. But the truth is we didn't get to stay. We Mm. had to move off um, 2018, April, 2018. And so the last three years, the station doors have been closed Right. And so I've had the opportunity to look for hope and seek out hope again for my future, for the future of the station and trust that God is going to come through again. And the crazy thing is, and this revelation I had just in this past year with COVID happening was God was actually taking care of us so Mm -hmm. much as a youth camp because we couldn't stay open during COVID. All camps were closed. And that was God's way of taking care of the nonprofit organization in such a mighty way, on a financial level, a stress level for us. But I had no idea when we closed our doors that COVID was coming. Yeah. And I, you know, but I still had to find the hope that God was going to do something in the future, which I still believe he is. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, and then just wait, wait on God. And that's part of, you know, seeking out hope too, is just that waiting process isn't always so fun. Right. Um, but again, it's just having that solid confidence in our hearts, knowing that God's going to come through once again. And the truth is the ministry isn't ours. Reaching young people isn't us. It's really God. It's a call that God has on our lives. And yeah. he's going to make it look however he wants it to look. We just have right. to be willing to partner with him. And, you know, his so good. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so uh, that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and again, you like I said, if you go back and you look at that, even because again, it was, it's kind of cool to be a part of God's dream, right? It's a dream that he placed in your heart in the call to go out and do that. And then you got to participate in that. And then you get to this place of where all of a sudden, oh no, it doesn't, oh, you know, and, and so your, your faith is hanging on, you're hanging on and you're waiting, hoping that it comes through then, and you're yeah. praying faithful. How do you, and again, one of the things I think with people is that they'll, you'll, they'll listen to something like this and they'll go, okay. But how do you move on when you know that God didn't hear your your call that time? Right. Yeah, you know, and that's not the easy part um, yeah. at all. And that's something for me, I was actually thinking about that because I don't like to just throw a bunch of Christianese out there. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't like to just have it be warm and fuzzy and oh, like a Hallmark movie. It's going to have a happy ending. <laughs> Ultimately, we know like when we do trust in Jesus that he does have hope for our future because our future is eternal life with him. Right. right? Um, but in the process of living life on earth, we get yeah. to actually just really make some big, big choices in our life. Mm-hmm. And there's days that we may want to choose to just feel super down and desperate and sad And then there's days that we get the opportunity to choose, okay, 
I have a hope for my future. God has a hope for my future. And we get to choose faith. Mm. We get to choose whether we're going to trust God or whether we're not going to trust God. And for me personally, um, in order to keep moving forward in my life, away from points of pain and trauma that have happened in my life, I honestly have had to just stop sometimes and just listen and see if I can hear the voice of God. Because honestly, I really believe God wants to speak to every single person, no matter what they've done or where they're at in their life. He is so ready Mm. to have a relationship with us. Yeah. It takes everything in us sometimes to pick ourselves up off the ground, stop sobbing, or even just keep sobbing and just (laughs) listen for the voice of God to give us something of hope for our hearts and and in our minds too, in our Cause there's always a battle going on in our minds, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it's honestly, it's a daily thing where I have to take time in God's presence. It yeah. is honestly, I feel like that is the key to every issue in our life is if we just stop hmm. and listen for the voice of God. And sometimes he speaks, honestly, I believe he speaks audibly, audibly to some people, obviously yeah. he'll maybe everyone yeah. too to their hearts. And also obviously the Bible too. He gives us so much truth there. And yeah. And there's promises that he's given me in my past. You know, if I, at 23, when he gave me Jeremiah 29, 11, yeah. that he's a hope for my future, I have to hold on to that promise yeah. and, and other scriptures along the way, other um, prophetic words that, you know, God has spoken through people in my life that have encouraged me that I've had to write down yeah. and go back to and be like, Lord, you said this, so I'm going to stand in faith that that is real. That is true. Yeah. And I'm going to have hope that what you say, God is real and true so that I can keep moving forward. Yeah. But yeah. it is a battle. I don't want to make it sound like it's no, super no. easy because it's not super easy all the time. No. no, Especially when you lose something that you love or lose someone you love, you know, Yeah. yeah. but just knowing, you know, when we stop, you know, the Bible says when we seek God, we're going to find him. Yeah. yeah. And, and I just can tell you from my life in the moments where there's been pain, when I've stopped to seek God, not only did I find him, but he actually found me and, and he brought peace to my heart. And again, gave me a glimpse of hope for my yeah. future. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's a constant yeah. <laughs> continuing to just stop and diligence like a lot of diligence to stop and, and listen for the voice of God to speak to our hearts and our minds. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. And, and that's powerful. And, I, and I, I appreciate you saying that because that is one of the things too, when, uh, you know, in this podcast, we've been talking with people. We, again, we're just saying, this isn't like the magic wand being waved over you. You follow Jesus and now everything's hunky dory, you know, and it, it's, it's not, that's why he's an anchor for my soul, right? It's because I need to have, so when that storm of life starts to hit me, if I'm not anchored to something, it's just going to pull me to and fro and I'm, and I'm going to be thrown off, you totally. know, off, off base. But, yeah. you know, and, and, and the Bible tells us, you know, in this life, there will be troubles, right? right. And, right. Uh, and I, th- I think even the, the prayer that a lot of people have heard, you know, is the, the Lord is my shepherd and says, I'm going to walk through, through the valley of the shadow of death. But the best part of that passage is that you, we walk through it. And, you know, and, uh, and so whatever we're going through right now, it may seem hopeless, but you walk through it. If you are anchored to Jesus, (laughs) you know, and that's, and that's a powerful thing. And so, um, 
talk to is there any other things that you that came, came to mind since we've talked that you just wanted to share a little bit more about was there anything going on in your life moving forward maybe you want to get a sneak peek into maybe we can pray sure. for you and uh yeah, totally um just real quick i also one tool that god has really shown me is to look back at my timeline of life yeah to recognize moments of his faithfulness to recognize where he was. Cause there's times in life where we don't feel him sometimes on an emotional level, but it doesn't mean that he's not there. Yeah. And so he's given me that tool to look back at my timeline of life from that moment at 23. And I I'll just say I'm 51 now. So this is a long time. <laughs> I'm figuring out, you know, yeah. where was God in that painful moment? Did he come through for me? And I've watched him redeem. Honestly, Every painful circumstance I faced as a mom, losing the station, a dream that was, you know, in my heart for, you know, a couple of decades, had to let it go, you know, so he has met me on the timeline of my life. So I just encourage people to actually look at the timelines of life. And I promise God will show them where he was. Um, And as far as going forward, I, yes, the nonprofit is still active. We aren't actually running a camp right now. Right. we're waiting for COVID to subside, which it looks like it is, thankfully. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, and then we're also just praying a lot about what the, the next station is going to look like, whether it's actually going to be a youth camp. Um, we definitely want to work with kids and young adults um, again mm. and share hope again um, with them. Sure. We. You know, we did a lot of camps with youth from the inner city, um, kids that came out of foster care. And um, in the mix, we did running camps and and youth group camps. But I I think we want to hone in a little bit more with um, at-risk youth, um, underserved youth. um, And in this process right now of these three years, I'm actually writing a book. And it's getting there. It's not been an easy process, but it shares you know, some of the things I'm even sharing today, it shares, but um, it's an equipping book, but it's also our story as a family. Okay. Of why, why we even started the station and what we experienced so at the camp too, like the good, the bad, the hard things. I yeah. mean, it's not easy running a youth camp. I couldn't imagine. <laughs> and so all the things that we had to face, even as leaders um, and yeah. mistakes mistakes we made because my heart is to see the young generation be equipped to go after their huge dreams that God right. put in their hearts. Yeah. Um, so this book has a lot of equipping tools, a lot of, a lot of hope in this book too. Very um, good. That's yeah. so cool. I'm excited. So when can we expect to see that one? <laughs> I, I'm hoping by the end of summer um, to have it released, maybe early fall um, okay. yeah, to have it released. And Very I'm editing cool. right now. It's all, it's written. It's just rewriting. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a process. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> sure. so cool. a book, I commend you. Yeah. Not, not is it called? Is it called Life at a Honda Civic? <laughs> no, it's not. I actually, I the name. I'm not. I have a couple ideas for name, but I I don't know yet, so I can't throw the name. Yeah, I know. I know. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. I'm excited to read it. I know. Uh-huh. Me too. Thank you. Yeah. And the book too, it's not for me, it's not about making money at all. I just want to get it in the hands of young people or anybody that wants to go after huge dreams in their life. Yeah. yeah. Anyone that needs hope, you know, yeah, I get it. I get it. That's kind of like how the, with this podcast too, it's like, you know, whether 10 people listen to it or a thousand people, who knows how many people, but it doesn't matter. Just as long as one person can find some hope through it. Yeah. Then I feel like we've just, that's, 
we've accomplished the goal that we had, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we're so thankful that you were able to join us today and be a part of this, honestly. And, and I think your story is just going to resonate really well with those that are listening, yeah. because again, somebody's gone through similar things you're going that you've gone through and to see how you've been able to go through that and where your life was, uh, where your hope was secured is, is a powerful thing. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, again, I'm so appreciative of you doing that with us today. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you guys including me. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Absolutely.